Welcome back to the Edgeverse Enigma podcast. This week, we're chatting with Expert VR's very own Mustafa Kurgul, a simulation developer here at Expert VR. This episode, we'll be diving into programming simulations, the vast world of game design, and the future of VR and education. You won't want to miss it. Welcome back to the Edgeverse Enigma podcast. Very excited today to have Mustafa from our team on the podcast. Uh, Mu has been on our team for, I want to say, almost three plus years now. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. coming back uh, at the start of COVID in 2020. So very excited to have him on the podcast to talk about all the amazing work he does at Expert VR and his uh, really interesting uh, past before Expert VR. So Mu, thank you for coming on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Hi. Yeah, so I, I guess to start us off, I'd like to always ask everyone, whereabouts are you located right now? Right now I'm in Hamilton. Perfect. I live on Hamilton Mountain. Nice, nice. So obviously uh, I know who you are uh, and what you do at mm-hmm. Expert VR, but for everyone in the audience, could you say who is Mustafa Kurgul? And in your own <laughs> words... <laughs> What is your position at Expert VR? I know I messed up your name, and for those listening in the audience, I've been going back and forth here of how to pronounce it in Turkish. Could you could you say it for the audience? Sorry. Yes, uh, Mustafa Kırgül. Kırgül. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, but yeah, uh, who is Mustafa, and uh, what is your position as expert VR as a developer and programmer, what do you do? Okay, the first question is a very hard question. Who is Mustafa? I've been asking this question to myself for the last 35 years. I'm 40. So um, I don't know how far back I need to go, but I used to be a professor of linguistics in Turkey. And then I decided to move to Canada. I moved to Canada, studied game design at Sheridan College. I graduated and started working with Expert VR right away. And what I do at Expert VR is I'm a VR programmer. I program stuff into the VR simulations, but since everything needs to be programmed in VR, uh, I feel like a god, VR god. I do things work and like move around, interact and everything. So. Uh, I love my job. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I guess uh, a question that obviously we've chatted about a little bit, but I'm sure the audience is interested to know what, what made you want to transition or what draw drew you from being a professor of linguistics to coming into the the gaming industry and becoming a VR God. Um, So, I always wanted to be a game designer since I was a little kid. I was always into computers and programming and stuff, but I didn't have a chance to do that in Turkey because Turkey didn't have those programs or like no one was kind of interested in making games when I was a young person. Mm. Uh, So I went with the second best thing in my life, linguistics. So I studied linguistics and started teaching linguistics. Uh, Eventually, though, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. That's what, there's one thing I want to do. It's designing games and like human computer interactions in digital realm. 
So I moved to Canada and I started studying at Sheridan College. It's a great school. Um, and then I found you. <laughs> we found each other. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. It's uh, yeah. being great. Uh, we, we brought on Moo as a as a co-op student from, from Sheridan back in 2020. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I remember you, you came for a tour of our office and then I think a week or a couple of weeks after that, uh, COVID happened and, and then we yeah. went fully remote. Luckily we were able to have some summer outside events during that summer, or at least one on Canada yeah. day where we got together and did a little bit of work outside and then had a barbecue. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's been great having you on the team ever since. Yes. I feel the same. I feel, I feel home. I love it. I love it. Um, I guess to, I want to get into obviously more of what you do at Expert VR, but I'm curious, uh, curious to compare what, what was your educational experience like in Turkey versus in Canada? What are kind of some of the, the differences there and how do you think, or we'll start there and then I'll ask some other questions. Okay. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings before start before starting i i want to say this because um i was an educator in turkey so when i look using my educator glasses to what's going on i think the education system in canada like schools can be way better than they are that's one thing there's a huge um effect coming from down below from us that's like that's making our schools bad uh if we compare the education in turkey there is it's more strict the education is more strict that because turkish education comes from the russian school so very strict but you learn everything very good there's no way to forget stuff uh in canada there is a lot to do, like they give you a lot of homework, but most of them are meaningless. So it's like there is a lot to keep you busy. You're more busy, but you're not learning that much. Mm. So I, I, I hope I was clear. So yeah, no. Uh, and would yeah, you say that's I, the same in the like, it sounds like you're kind of talking about like the K to 12 uh, kindergarten to grade 12 like space. Um, would you say it's oh, the same? Oh, I was talking college? about higher education. Okay, Sorry. same in was... higher education too. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Let's not go into like kindergarten okay. or other yeah, education. Yeah. That I, I don't want to say bad stuff about kids' school. So, um, yeah, like I said, there is a lot to do, a lot of homework, a lot of assignments, and takes a lot of time, more time than you can imagine. And still you learn less hmm. <laughs> and i guess with that if if you were the head of education uh, universities and colleges canada what <laughs> kind of improvements would you make uh, if there is a top one or top three well there are certain frameworks for calculating the uh workload of students different programs used in europe we were also using those in Turkey. So one of them can be used to determine how, how much workload you're going to put on a student. Uh, 
that there is no guideline like that. So every every professor thinks their class is the most important one. And also they plan everything, like assignments and everything, like there is only their class. So they expect the best, but you, you're taking like eight classes or six classes. It's very hard to keep up with. So uh, first thing I would do, I would bring over a framework like Erasmus program or something that would limit teachers on how much assignment and how much uh, workload they put on students. That's one thing. Uh, also, the education is very expensive. Mm. It's it's cripplingly expensive. Like, I graduated from Sheridan College. I don't know when I will finish paying my debt. And it's 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 a big chunk of money every month for years. I have to pay. I know. They helped me when I was trying to get my education, but still too expensive, In incredibly expensive. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat, so I completely agree yeah. with you there. <laughs> yes. Sorry. And uh, no, I think that that's very interesting. I, I guess looking into the VR lens and we'll get more into VR down the road. Mm -hmm. How do you think that that could help? improve um, the education system in Canada or, or the United States? So VR ideally should bring the costs down, right? It saves the educators from a lot of different costs like paying rent for a space, other stuff and staff. So uh, it should bring the costs down. But I feel like it's going. It's not going to be the case, except maybe in Canada, maybe, but in US, I'm sure it's not going to be the case. So, VR should be making everyone more equal in terms of education, access to education, resources, and the barrier, the price barrier is going down with each new headset coming out, like cheaper headsets. So eventually there is going to be enough number of headsets in the market, second hand or so, that everyone will be able to access um, VR. And hopefully education will get cheaper, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, there can be a lot of greedy people out there, so I can see how it can go either way there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of the, the money side of things, um, are there any other areas that you specifically look at VR that you're excited about how it's going to impact education? Looking um, at your professor lens, I guess. Uh, so first of all, I think it makes everything way safer for students, for specific areas like firefighters, um, or other like hazardous material handling kind of stuff. So it it makes everything way safer for students, which is a good thing. It's one of my concerns as a professor. Although I was teaching linguistics, it's not very dangerous. <laughs> but uh, it makes things safer. But also, like I said, 
two minutes ago, makes accessing education and information easier. And for the first time in human history, maybe, the type of information you can access is not just a text or a video or like just a piece of visual thing. It's fully kinesthetic. You move in it. It's like you're sharing experiences. You're teaching someone a more complete experience than just reading a book or making them write an essay or whatever, like, or like asking them to read an article or two. So in, in that, it's, it comes to me as a full package, like a complete package of sensory inputs that will make your brain learn better. For sure, for sure. Plus, mm -hmm. with what you're talking about with accessibility and mm -hmm. and bringing down costs and that side of things, mm -hmm. um, being able to to have that kinesthetic piece paired with uh, a professor or a teacher that is the best in the world or one of the top people in the world, because you don't mm -hmm. have to be in that specific city where that professor is located. Um, no. Yeah, opens access even more, and then pairing it with that kinesthetic side of things makes it more accessible yeah. to actually go through. Very, great yeah. point, great point. Mm -hmm. um, before we dive into to VR and that side some more, I wanted to talk more about the team and, and what you're doing over uh, on the team side of things. So um, yeah, I guess, I guess first of all, I wanted to just chat, like what are, what are some of the favorite projects or um, different R&D things that you've been working on uh, lately that, that you wanted you would want to share um on the r&d side i was recently working on a new node for our conversation matrix tool i don't know how familiar uh, people are with the tool. yeah quickly quickly describe it we've definitely touched on it in past episodes but uh, okay yeah. so it's 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 a it's a unity plugin it, that that was developed internally uh to create conversations between a group of NPCs plus the user. So not just user talking to the NPC, but NPCs can also talk to each other and like do animations and other stuff. And all these conversations are, uh, all these conversations are um, saved as a scriptable object so that anyone can add it later. So uh, for that tool, I was designing a timeline uh, node that enables us to cut sentences into pieces and put animations in between the sentence. So basically facial animations are way easier to implement. Like you can go very specific and make characters move there face depending on the sentences in the uh, in the words in the sentence so that's one thing i liked uh so we have a couple product uh products that needs to be released soon i'm doing a lot of bug fixing these days i like fixing bugs because it's it's like solving problems it's like a mental arithmetic thing so continuing on what you were saying about 
squashing bugs and, and fixing problems um, and, uh-huh. and enjoying uh, figuring out those problems and kind of figuring out puzzles, I guess. Um, uh-huh. You've been part of all three game jams that we've we've done at, at Expert VR. I'm yes. curious, um, number one, to talk about if you could talk on your experience of kind of building escape rooms and why we kind of did our first uh, game jam there and, and what we did there. Um, and then we can jump into game jams a little bit more. Yeah, okay. So uh, before coming to Canada, I was also, like I said, I was always into games. I always wanted to make something about games, but no one, almost no one was interested. Eventually, I was able to find some friends that were interested in making a game. But we decided to go with an escape room kind of game. So way easier to make. You can literally build it yourself using a screwdriver and a hammer. So uh, we rented a place and we had six rooms, six games. I designed all of them. We made them from scratch and we were just renting it out to people. was very it was a huge success like over the rooms were always full and turkey is not like canada a lot of young people and three times the population in a much tighter space so there's always someone especially in istanbul like there is 20 something million people living in istanbul it's a city in turkey where we had the escape rooms so was was a success. So when I came to Canada and started working with, with you for the first game jam, uh, I had this idea of having an escape room in VR because VR in VR, like we talked about, there are more than one uh, sensory things that you can use to make people do stuff. So uh, we made a escape room, VR cats, right? Virtual reality, cyber agents, training simulator. Uh, I think it has how many downloads on SideQuest? I think it's over 7,000 now. Well, we'll make sure to link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's a nice small escape room game with, I think, six puzzles. There are six puzzles in it. Um, I, I strongly uh, recommend you play it. It's, it's and good. between that game and now we've we've done uh, two other game jams with with three oh, other yeah. games. I'm uh, curious what what has been your favorite uh, game to work on during the game jams? Oh, it's definitely Jiffy Jam. The the traffic control simulation. Our latest one, yeah. Yeah, because first of all, hand tracking was something that I always wanted to get in. We, uh, we should use it more in educational uh, simulations. It's not that precise, so maybe it's hard to use it in any educational simulation, but in some of them, probably we can use it. So hand tracking was very uh, exciting. And the end product is so natural. You just go into the game and start stopping cars and letting them go so it's the so intuitive and 
you don't need to have a tutorial. It's just a go in and then make the card stop. So I like that. My favorite is Jiffy Gem. Love it, love it. Yeah, it's, I think this year is my favorite between uh, Jiffy Jam and Home Demol Demolition. Uh, yeah, it was just so much fun how easy both of those simulations are, but especially Jiffy Jam, just to, to jump in and start playing. Um, I know we've mm -hmm. been taking Jiffy Jam to different conferences already and putting people in, and the second somebody gets in, we're just like, yep, just put your hands in front of you, and they see their hands, and they automatically <laughs> understand what they need to do, and it, it starts working, and everyone that gets into it really gets into it and starts, uh, um, yeah, waving cars through, but usually they're flailing their arms and yelling in the middle of a conference yeah, and yeah, really yeah, excited yeah. to know it was a, a great game and i agree it's uh hand tracking is just so much more natural that it's something that especially as it gets better but even now for some simpler simulations it's something that we should be looking into how can we use uh within our yes. simulations yes so talking about that uh like kind of I guess discovery of uh, obviously we've done some hand tracking stuff a little bit in the past, but um, this is kind of the full, the first time we fully used it inside of a simulation um, mm -hmm. kind of discovering that. What do you think is kind of the, the importance of a, of a game jam um, as it relates to new discoveries like that or, or anything else? Um, first of all, when you, uh, when you do a game jam, you change your scope, your point of view. You move out of your comfort zone. It's like a little bit of a challenge that's different from every day's challenge you have at work. So, like I said, hand tracking. If we didn't have a game jam, probably I, would, I wouldn't be this competent about it. So, thanks to the game jam, it's a challenge. I had to do it in a time in a time limited setting, so it helps. Uh, one other thing that's very important about game jams, and this is true for escape rooms as well. It has a great team building effect. So, they, when you go into an escape room with a team, it also has a great effect on the team. Um, but game gems being a time limited kind of positive pressure environment makes better bonds between team members. It's like the, the, the connection between the members of a team gets stronger. Thanks to that's what I feel. Thanks to the game gems after a game jam, I feel Maybe this is because also we spend time together during the game jam because we work from home, right? We need a lot of maybe more team building activities. The, every time I meet with members of the team, I feel stronger bonds. So in that term, in that context, game jams are very important for me. I love that we, we are having game jams every year. Great. Awesome. Awesome. No, yeah, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense being able to, on one side, find those like new innovations and stuff that is very applicable to work, but on the other side, more <laughs> of that personal connection and building that up. I, I agree. It's hard when we're, we're fully remote uh, to build that. So being able to 
do the game jam and get together, have our team retreat in the winter and get together and all those sorts of things that are, are huge to, yeah, yeah. to building up those relationships. Um, talking about like the game jam and us doing team retreats and everything, I'm curious, like, what are what are some of the things that you like that we do at Expert VR that are maybe different than than other companies? Um, I was just talking with Tori yesterday as we were recording a podcast episode, and we were talking about the like twenty four seven work week and flexible schedule and how we've kind of implemented that. And curious, what sorts of things are you uh, do you do you enjoy most? So maybe uh, this is going to be a little bit personal. I don't want to say all the stuff that we already know uh like you mentioned just a minute ago but one one very important thing that one one thing that you are great at is supporting your employees because personally i i i went through a burnout like a couple couple months ago maybe a little bit more and you helped me a lot actually like you were very understanding and very helpful. I didn't even feel the pressure of my employers on my shoulders while I was recovering. Because I know how that pressure can be very bad. Uh, I was, I, I just, I was able to recover from the burnout quickly with your support. And in, in, that that's 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 great. So that support is what, especially the developers need, and I get that from you. That that's good. For sure. No, we're we're always happy to to give that support, and um, yeah, we're obviously very happy that it it was able to help and uh, help you rebound. And yeah, it's something that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, isn't I guess something that's listed in the regular list of uh, uh, company benefits or anything along those lines. But yeah, it is a good point of uh, mm-hmm. hopefully uh, myself and Drew and others on the team in the the management positions as we continue to grow, we can we can keep that level of uh, respect and flexibility uh, for for everyone on the team so that we can support in those types of situations. Yeah. So I found my therapist with your help and she helped me a lot. And thanks to her, I was diagnosed with being on the spectrum at the age of 40. It's a very different type of revelation because all your life you think about yourself as, "Why why am I like this? Why am I kind of different? Why do I feel like I don't belong here? And I, I, I ask those questions to myself all my life. And Expert VR is the place that I ask those questions the little, the least amount of times. So like maybe never, I don't ask myself that question anymore because thanks to my therapist and thanks to you, I have a great workplace. She also got in touch with you, I think, right? About yes, yeah. So yeah, we had a call with her. Incredible, incredible. (laughs) So thank you. No, glad to hear it. Glad to hear Mm it. Um, Don't need to share if you don't want to, but I'm I'm curious. Like learning that has it uh, 
changed how you look at any of like the work that you do and like either make you understand better like how you do it or just like why you do it or um changed anything of how you how you do your work um didn't change how i do my work but it changed how i understand how i do my work so some of the stuff like hyperfixation for example is a huge problem for me i fixate on something uh, for an extended amount of time and very hard to switch from one thing to another uh, but when i know why that's happening it's less frustrating so i know that it's because i'm on the spectrum i'm i'm not i don't feel that easy changing shifting gears but now that i know why it's happening i don't feel my bad about myself i'm i i don't say why am i like this i don't say that i know why i'm like that and i try to and with your help i'm trying to do the best thing for myself love it love it no and again glad to hear it and glad to hear that uh, yeah you're not questioning that of why am i like this anymore you understand it and no. you're able to move forward it's amazing um yeah. i guess to to jump back into expert vr some more and mm. projects like what is beyond the the game jam side of things what is your favorite project that you've worked on um over the past three years of being here mm. three plus years okay very hard question <laughs> because when you create something and work on it for an extended amount of time your feelings get mixed it's like i don't have a favorite one i think but while working on it i liked obviously i like working on the conversation matrix tool uh because i was mostly working by myself and i'm i i felt more uh, control um it's really hard to tell. I don't want to. I don't want to name a project actually because okay, no. very hard to tell for me. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, I guess um, looking into the future, then if if there was if a client were to come to us and they were to say we want to make a training simulation for whatever industry Moo is interested in, what what industry or what training simulation would you want to build down the road? Space 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 like training astronauts for mars kind okay. of space like huge space or spacewalk fixing a telescope before going there to fix a telescope kind of right, definitely right. space yeah something on the iss or or mars or something along yeah I, I was going to say education i i would say education but we're already in education so i don't need to say that so number two is space space okay yeah yeah Interesting. i love it i love it tori said uh said zookeeper um so uh two very interesting uh jobs uh, would be fun to train for <laughs> i mean as long as i i they let me uh touch the animals like play with them <laughs> i would love to make a zookeeper uh simulation we need to do a lot of observations Yes. So yeah. that we can program the interactions, right? With, yeah, uh, team trips to the zoo. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that'd be a fun one. That would uh -huh. be a really fun one. And, you know, team trips to space would be even more fun. So. <laughs> oh, one day maybe. 
in one day. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm down. I, I will be there in the For morning. Sure. First one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we'll get it on the calendar. <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah, maybe one day for sure. I guess looking looking at the future and, and thinking about the future of what simulations we could possibly build, how do you see VR or XR impacting education over the next five, ten years, let's say? First of all, I think we are... I don't know why still no one is doing it, but... VR is a great medium for language training because like I said, you move your hands, you do like there's a full physical response from all kind of sensory inputs. So uh, that that will change, I think. Like VR will help people learn uh, languages better. So language training, it will be a great aspect of it. So, uh, like I said, language training is uh, very, very important. I, I completely agree that, yeah, the future future of education, I think uh, language is a big part. I know <coughs> one of our first podcast guests was Rob Terrio from Georgian College, and mm -hmm. uh, he talked about it. And anybody listening, go back and check out this episode. It was a great episode talking about um, how it's being used, how VR is being used today at Georgian College. And they have um, indigenous studies where they're able to go into uh, into indigenous uh, uh, towns and uh, experience what it would have been like um, to to be in a, a natural uh, organic indigenous community. Um, mm -hmm. And going through that, he was talking about how he would love to see a future where, for for all languages, you're able to go into natural environments for where those languages would be practiced so if you're learning french you could be in paris in a cafe and you're able mm -hmm. to walk into the cafe and talk to people and order uh, a, a latte or whatever drink um just like you would in, in the real world and be able to practice in that way so i, I definitely agree i see the future mm -hmm. there um yeah w what other areas do you see um evolving over the next five ten years with the um, VR technology and education health Health is going well. I see very nice simulations uh, showing like the internal organs of the humans and like skeletons and everything for doctors to study and teach. Uh, so you can teach a student about a heart by dissecting it, it in real time. It's, it's, it's a great. So like I said, it gives a full package to the educators to educate people. It's not like writing a book and saying, telling them to read it or making them watch a video and write like a movie or something and write an essay about it. This is a full package. You can touch stuff. You can do moves. Those moves translate into real moves in, in life. So like things you learn, the muscle memory and everything will help you in, in actual life. You are actually learning something with your whole body. So... That's a big advantage, like I said, especially for language teaching. So let's have a linguistic break here. I my linguistic side is coming up with a story. So I have a, I have something to tell. So uh, story time. <laughs> uh, in Turkish, we don't have prepositions like on, in, at. So it's very hard to teach Turkish people about those. When they make a sentence, they don't know if they need to say I'm at the bank. 
I'm on the bank, I'm in the bank, they have no idea. So uh, I made a small simulation for a friend who was having problems with uh, prepositions and I was able to teach her a fair amount of prepositions in like 15 minutes or so by making her uh, do stuff in VR, saying her things like, put the ball in the box. So put the box under the table or other things. So like I was able to teach her. So because And she was able to remember. I, I could give her a list of prepositions to just memorize, but she wouldn't remember. But mm-hmm. she was able to remember things because full, full body response is better way of learning things. You're not just seeing, you're hearing, you're doing it, you're moving, everything. So your body remembers better, more intrinsically. For sure. No, that's that's amazing. I didn't know that you, you made like a game there. Was, was that just something you programmed in oh, Unity? Just, or just simple. You, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Unity. Simple. Yeah. Just a box and a ball and a table, kind of a chair. Right. Just to see, just as, as an experiment. I like making those experiments in my free time. For sure. No, that's <laughs> so neat. And like, yeah, amazing to hear that uh, she was able to pick it up in just 15 minutes. But it makes sense when you're when you're reading yeah. a list and trying to memorize and understand just by reading off paper versus being able to physically put a ball in a box and see, okay, that is in or that is under yeah. and everything. It, yeah, yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. That's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, and I re- just remembered that I recently in my free time, I was working on something. Maybe uh, I should mention, the, mention mm-hmm. it here because it's, I like it. So I'm trying, I was trying to create a way to detect gestures in VR with hand tracking. So no controllers, like, you know, how Spider-Man goes like this and throws a web. So uh, I was able to create a component that knows, like if you're making a thumbs up, thumbs down, Spidey, uh, like any any gesture you want, you just you can record. That that's, for example, one of my ideas was to use this for American Sign Language interpretation, kind of. So like you make the sign language with your hands, maybe teaching people sign language, American Sign Language, kind of. Because right now the way I do it, it's very specific, so it knows every knuckle, every finger. So you can use it for the sign language. Maybe we should try that. Oh yeah, that would be that'd be really neat. Like I've <laughs> I I've been watching a few people on TikTok that teach sign language, um, and it's uh, a lot of them like start with uh, swear words and, and bad sayings and everything because oh. it's funny to to memorize. But um, yeah, it's something that like watching those. I started picking up picking it up, but then I I don't know anybody that knows sign language, so it's it's not something that I could practice. So I'm like, no, it's not something I really can learn because I can't practice with anybody. But if there is a way to, to practice that, even if it was by myself, but doing it in my hands are tracked and then I can see the words come out in front of me to make sure I'm one doing it correctly. And then maybe have a conversation back and forth. Um, no, I, I love that idea. That's amazing. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'm taking notes. I'll okay. make a simulation for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Share me, share with me whatever you've made. I'd love to check it out. Sure. Um, so circling back, we kind of, uh, 
started there talking about uh, where VR and XR are heading in the future. And you were just giving some examples of how impactful it's already already been with some of those experiments that you've done and the work that we're doing at Xroof VR. Um, I guess in in from your point of view and maybe putting on your, your professor glasses again there, what do you think is going to allow VR or XR to get to that mass adoption where it is in every classroom and we can create these simulations for all types of course content? So you, you remember the first iPhone? And yes. what phones were like before first iPhone? Our cell phones were ugly, a lot of buttons, smaller screens, large batteries and stuff. So iPhone came out and changed the idea of phone plus personal computer, kind of combined them together, mm -hmm. right? So like just like that, Apple Vision Pro will just start a new era. It's not like people will buy it and use it and it's going to change everything, but it's going to start an idea. It's just like iPhone did. And I think eventually... We will say goodbye to uh, conventional displays and cell phones and computers, and everyone will have a headset, not, not necessarily Apple. Probably Samsung and other companies will also come up with similar technologies like to compete with. So, but I think it's going to be the next cell phone thing. Uh, everyone will have a headset pass through, right? secretary working at a place your friends or your programmer whatever headset and some uh maybe a battery pack or something that's all you need you won't be using any computers any displays or so so to answer your question once apple changes people's concept conception about vr and xr things will come quick so everyone will adopt, uh, like lots of new products will come out. So it, it's going to be great. No, I couldn't agree more. Obviously, their uh, their headset is a little high high price, but like you said, it's just it's starting that ball rolling. It's not necessarily yeah. the headset everyone's going to use. Curious uh, from the presentation, which I'm sure you've obviously seen a lot of it. We also had Aldrich present to the team about <clears throat> the Vision Pro. What are some of the, like, the top things that, from what you've seen already, you think Apple is doing differently that is going to be able to, to drive that, that change? Actually, like nothing they do is that different or unbelievable, but it's Apple. It's like that's a certain point in tech that if a product reaches that point, everyone starts adopting it. Okay, <laughs> right. So finally, an XR, like VR XR headset is adopted by, like released by Apple. So everyone will, not just buyers, but all the companies, they will start making cheaper, better, faster headsets just to compete with Apple. So more competition means better products, cheaper products. Uh, which so means current headsets in the market will also maybe it's going to there will be a point like people will be like free 
free quest to to a loving home kind of maybe we will be able to see those in time so you were seeing something no yeah so so you think it's more it's less of the technology and the hardware and the software side obviously they're, they're doing a couple of unique things but for for the most part it's it's more about apple marks a point where we're getting past like the early adopters and if apple's in the market they're going after the mass consumer market so they it's just marking that point in time it's kind yeah, of how you yeah. look at it. yeah no yeah. mate makes a lot I of mean, sense th- the most innovative thing they do is just the project your eyes on a screen so like <laughs> you look like you're wearing goggles it's like yeah people kind of see your face it's not a bad bad idea i don't know how well they implemented it but uh that that's the most innovative thing like eye tracking we have that right uh pass through nothing nothing new of course better displays and like better things better quality but yeah better better processor better whatever but the the i don't want to say only most innovative thing is projecting the eyes of the user on the screen. Oh yeah, it makes uh, makes sense. Like I think a lot of people they're yeah, they're talking about the hand tracking and those things, which are all they're incredible, but they have been done already. It's just doing it at a higher quality, which obviously is great, but no, you're right. That's interesting perspective for sure. Yeah. Um talking about Apple, obviously Meta, like biggest competitor right now in, in the VR space. Um, and the metaverse is being talked about everywhere. How do you look at the metaverse and what do you, how do you describe the metaverse? Metaverse is not here yet, first of all. So uh, it's, it's still a concept, an idea. There are companies who are trying to steal it, steal the idea or own it, but um, it's, it's, it's a very hard problem to solve, the metaverse. Like the combining all types of users, hardware, software, everything together to create a universe. Um, for for a very long time, I feel like it's going to be just an idea. Like when I say metaverse, you know what I mean. But eventually, it's going to take a lot of time to turn into a real universe that like. Everyone connect, like in the movie, Ready Player One. It's going to take a lot of time, if you ask me. For sure. So, for a very long time, it's just going to be an idea, ideal, that we're trying to get. For sure. No, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, yeah, we're we're a far way off, but uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully it's something that we are are heading towards. Because, yeah, like you said, in, in Ready Player One, it's this amazing world in in the oasis what they call call it there mm-hmm. and um yeah it's I, I look at it as like the next evolution of the internet and i think what you're saying it's it is it is that it's just a, a far way out to to get to the 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 ideal of what that will become yeah yeah it's going to take some time yeah yeah um a question that i've been asking everyone on the podcast, but specifically for, for the expert VR team and in, in the programming and 3D art space. Um, who do you look up to in, 
in either the XR space or just the programming or Unity space in general? Are there anybody that you like follow or who do you look up to? I don't want to sound like a smartass, but I don't look up to anyone. <laughs> I just okay. look up front and go. Um, it's very hard to answer some questions right away because I'm sure if I think about it for some time, but it's it's a very long time, I can find someone that I'm looking up to. No, no. If, if like no Nikola Tesla, mind, maybe? Okay. Tesla? okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Okay, um, interesting, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because uh, Chris <laughs> uh, was on the podcast and his episode came out uh, yesterday when we we're recording mm -hmm. this and uh, he looks up to specific people on Twitter. Uh, Tori, she said she looks up to a couple of people that she watches some tutorials, but she more like looks up to Harris and people on the team. And then, yeah, Nicholas Tesla, <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah, people in history that are uh, yeah, historical yeah. figures in innovation. I love that mm -hmm. answer. Mm -hmm. I love, I love Tesla because he's very innovative. He, he, he thinks out of the box. So it's great. It's the, the I I I hope I can always be like him, thinking about stuff, because that's the way to solve some of the problems in life. Some problems really need that out of the box approach. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about out of the box uh, solutions, what are some technologies that you're you're watching right now or excited about? whether it be AI, BCI, different accessories for VR, what are things that are kind of outside the box right now, but you, you hope that we'll be able to, to test out and that come into yeah. the VR space? So recently I read an article about how they used machine learning to use a wireless router to track humans' bodies. Right. So just a regular wireless router that you can find your at your home. They used it with a camera and a machine learning uh, algorithm to teach it how people look in Wi-Fi signals and compare it to the camera images. And then they removed the camera and just tried to interpret the movements of people using the Wi-Fi signals. And they were really successful it's like so good it can be used in vr for full body tracking you can track Incredible. the whole body just with a and eventually i think we'll be able to convert old wi-fi routers to full body trackers like do it yourself kind of uh which that's exciting i'm, I'm looking forward for them to release their software hopefully they will yeah. If they do, I, that's that's very exciting. Like full body tracking for free, <laughs> it's, it's, and and you don't need to put anything on you. It's there is no privacy concern. There is no camera. Nothing. It's, it's great. So that's yeah, no, me very excited. <laughs> very exciting, and I guess there would be one privacy concern though, is if. If somebody gains control of that, they can see where you are in your house and, and track you, oh, okay. your movements. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess mean, that would yeah, be the yeah, one yeah. concern. Of course, <laughs> of course, that's that's one thing. But it's better than ha them having your naked pictures. Yes, or like your pictures playing Quest. Um, 
yeah so that that that's one way of thinking like imagine i was thinking of using sound waves to mm. track body movements like psycho uh, no just acoustic uh there's a word for it sorry echolocation i was planning mm. on using echolocation that that's that's in my book like on that's one of my next following experiments but we wi-fi signals are way more how do you say that efficient i think so i'll i'll go with that i'm waiting for them to release their software yeah no that'd be very interesting to okay. to play around with once it comes out to we're, we're coming near near the end here what i like to, to do and what i've been doing with every guest is kind of have this like rapid fire round so i'll say a quick word or two and then just respond with the, the first word or thought that comes to your mind Oof. okay let's go it's very dangerous <laughs> <laughs> all right first one pop culture pop culture music music okay yeah <laughs> uh conference conference Sheridan College. <laughs> okay. Uh, Unity or Unreal? Unity. Uh, NFTs. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> the metaverse. Metaverse. It's a good idea. Good idea. Education. Education is everything for humanity. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Favorite book? We have Dune. Frank Dune. Herbert. Nice. I just listened to it, and I'm going to listen to the next one. So, uh, love it. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, Total Recall. But the I old one. Not, not, yeah. the, not the last one. That oh, okay. I just watched Schwarzenegger the, the new one. one. Uh, no, no. <laughs> new one that. is not that yeah. good. Yeah, the old the one. <laughs> Sharon Stone, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's love good. it. Yeah, I have to, have to watch it again sometime. Uh -huh. um, and last one, uh, we kind of just touched on it a little bit, but... Uh, this week's top XR news, or, or doesn't have to be this week, but something that you've been watching. Okay, I think I mentioned, <laughs> yeah. like the Wi-Fi thing is great. I, I like that. Also, Apple's headset. Um, I'm glad that Apple has eye tracking in its headset, which means all the headsets in the future will have that. <laughs> For sure. It's good. <laughs> For accessibility, it's a great feature. So I like that they have it. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. All right. So great answers. Wrapping up with the last two questions here. Um, number one, anybody that comes to mind, uh, maybe not Nikola Tesla, but anyone <laughs> that comes to mind who could be on the podcast next, who should we, anybody we should reach out to? Types of people. Hugo? Did you have you go? Yeah. Okay. I know he wants to come on. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Well, that's a, a good shout out. I'll make sure to get Hugo on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, Great. And la last question, obviously, obviously, I know what you're working on at Expert VR, but you got some experiments going on outside of outside of work. Um, just curious, is there any any current projects or anything that you would like to plug on the podcast or anything you'd like to to shout out? Um, doesn't necessarily have to be your own project or anything. Okay, I have one, this one extended project. It's been some time. I didn't have much time to work on it, but I'm planning on getting back to it. I was working on a VR haptic feedback wall. So the idea behind 
the globe I'm working on is it's using simple cell phone vibration motors. So like tiny, very cheap. I think each of them is like 30 cents or something. Mm. Uh, vibration motors on a, a fabric glove to feed, give feedback for touch in VR. So uh, I'm excited to get back to it because uh, I wasn't able to work on it for the last six months or so. Once it's done, I'll, I'll share it with you. So that's one thing I'm working on. All right, love it. Well, if, if anyone in the audience has experience with uh, hardware on the glove side of things or <laughs> any opinions there, please uh, feel free to, to comment below and reach out so we can get you connected with Mood if share. Um, or otherwise, we will make sure to share the progress once uh, mm. once you make some, some more steps forward. Yeah. Well, awesome, awesome. Uh, and then lastly, any any questions that uh, you would have wished that I would have asked or anything that... Uh, Anything else that we should have chatted about? I think we chatted about everything we can chat about. I don't. No question comes to my mind when I think. I was I was able to explain myself clearly. I was I feel like I feel a relief. <laughs> no, no, you did did great. And those were, yeah, no, great answers and great conversation. And love all the the stories about your different experiments that you're working mm. on and and. Uh, hearing about your past and how it leads into what you do today at expert PR. So Moo, thank you so much for being on the Edgeverse and Nigma podcast. It was thank great you. having you. And mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it was uh, great being here. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. See you. Yeah. Catch See you back on the cord. <laughs> okay.